Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Isn't Jesus wonderful? There are certain things that only the Lord can put together. And uh, when we are in such moments, we stand in awe of His holy name. It's never a right to preach. It's always a privilege and an honor to teach the people whom God died for. And so let's lift our hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. We stand in honor of your holy name. We stand in honor of who you are. We know, Father God, that today needs will be met. That lives will be changed. That destinies will be remolded. Only you can bring such people together. And only you can bring the power of the Spirit to change our lives. I'm asking that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, light and understanding will flow. Destinies will be transformed. One of the things we must always learn is never to get familiar with the presence of God. Things must not become routine. We don't get used to the word. We don't get used to people. We don't get used to meetings. Every moment our heart is open. To learn. To become better. And so Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be guided. Thank you for bringing people from all over to hear the word. Thank you for this awesome, awesome ministry birthed by your daughter and your son. We're grateful. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please, let's let's have our seat. Thank you. It's such... Wow, such an awesome privilege to have all of you here this afternoon gathered to pray and to seek the face of the Lord. And I want to thank you for the privilege. Thank you, Apostle Dennis and your lovely wife, Pastor Lee. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm overwhelmed by your generosity and the right hand of fellowship. And I've met with a number of pastors. Uh, Thank you for coming. Let's, let's get into the Word. I, I'm going to be teaching, and um, we will pray a bit more and just see how the Lord leads us. But I also believe that a lot of ministry um, has been done, especially when Pastor Lee came forth. Uh, so I believe a lot of ministry has been done. And I, I would like you to put on your, your learning cap. Right, and uh, you know how you position yourself determines how the anointing comes forth. So if you 
there's nothing wrong with that. But if you if you're very need conscious, then you pull on the anointing for ministry. If you're learning conscious, you pull on the teaching anointing. All right. So I'll tell you when to switch. But at this moment, you put in the, the learning mode. That's what, that's what your heart is. Because we can determine the tone of the meeting. We can set how the Holy Ghost manifests. You see, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus did not determine her healing. Jairus said, come to my house. The woman said, if I touch. The power is constant. The method is variable. You are in charge of the method. God is in charge of the power. So if you pull on the anointing to meet your need, then the Holy Ghost flows in that direction. If you put on the anointing to learn that we are sitting at your feet, then the Holy Ghost flows in that direction. But while teaching is going on, needs can be met. But the greater expectation determines the pull of the anointing. Praise God. Are you still here? So I want to talk to you about the labor of prayer that becomes the lifestyle of the believer. The labor of prayer that becomes the lifestyle of the believer. Let's, let's go to Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8. There are certain phrases, I'm, I'm very careful, we hear that all the time, but I'm very careful when people say the Lord said. I'm, I'm careful of that. Um, because I realize that sometimes people haven't been able to distinguish the impressions of the inner man from the instructions of the Lord. There are two things. Because you are joined to the Holy Spirit, you can have impressions that are accurate, but they are not the word of the Lord. Paul writes in the scripture, says, the Lord did not say this, but, but I am saying this. And the Lord permitted that that is recorded in the same place with the things he said. That means they carry the same weight. We can quote them today as the Bible, but Paul says, I'm the one saying this. Now, if, if you're not well trained, you will take your impressions as the thoughts say at the Lord. And that's why sometimes you can sit with people and they have thoughts say at the Lord. The Lord told me this, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me this, the Lord. The Lord doesn't always talk that way. Because... In your lifetime, the Lord can give you a word, and that word would take maybe six generations to come to pass. And in the context of that word, you would begin to have several impressions if your spirit is well trained. They are not directly tossed the Lord. They are not wrong, but it also you can be wrong. Because your impressions can be influenced by your soul. That's why when we were called into the ministry in the early days, everybody saw themselves preaching in the stadium. The Lord did not tell them they would preach in the stadium. But we attributed success to Benihin preaching in the stadium. That's why we all wanted to buy white suits. It wasn't an instruction from the Lord. 
It was an impression in our spirit based on the image of success on our mind. So, so, so sometimes you wonder, and the Lord told me and it did not come to pass. Did I just hear that? The Lord told you and it did not come to pass. You didn't hear the Lord. The Lord does not speak so it will come to pass. He speaks and it's created. The, God doesn't say something and he says it will come. No, it, when he says it, it is done. That's why the Lord always speaks in present tense. He told Moses, he says, when you go and deliver these people and bring them to this mountain, you will say to them, can you imagine? That word was going to take 430 years, but God was speaking to him that when you leave and you deliver them and you come to this mountain, this is what will happen. The Lord was speaking 500 years in one sentence, which means that for the next 500 years, even if there was no word from the Lord, that word will carry you for 500 years. That's, that's how much strength is in the word. That's why the believer that is always running towards prophecy, want to be spoken over, want to be prophesied, looking for what is not lost, is like somebody thrown into the bottomless pit. It will never fall down. You don't need a hundred prophecies to be successful. One is okay. And that one is the sure word of prophecy. There's nothing wrong with prophecies. But if you go hunting them, then there's an issue. Because when you hunt prophecies, you can pull on words that are not meant for you. Are you following this now? So in Isaiah chapter 55, the Lord paints a picture for us. And this is very interesting. 66, sorry, 66 verse 8. Isaiah 66 verse 8. Now, in Isaiah 66 verse 8, it says, let's read from verse 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she gave birth to a baby. Verse 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day. Now it's amazing because um, Apostle Dennis taught on impossibilities, and when you read this statement right here, this is this is impossible. Doesn't look like it can happen. Now he goes on to say, "Can a nation be brought forth all at once?" Can, can a nation be brought forth all at once? Then he says, As soon as Zion travailed, she also brought forth her sons. Verse 9 says, Shall I bring to the point of birth and not give delivery? Or shall I who gives delivery shut the womb? Says your God. We find a couple of things there. God is trying to paint a picture. The prophets wrote in poetic languages. They wrote in, I mean, the Bible is literature. It's the word of God, but it's literature. So you can find several literal dimensions there. It says, 
If I want to bring to the point of birth, I will not shut the womb. Then he says, If I bring to the point of birth, I will give delivery. And then he goes on to say, If I give delivery, I will not shut the womb. Then he goes on to say, As soon as I traveled. So we'll find three things. The Lord causes for someone to deliver. So no man can create the seed. God creates the seed. God is a good God. He doesn't shut the womb. Apostle Dennis talks something about stagnation. And he really mentioned something about stagnation. That sometimes a stagnation is in the mind. That's why when you are exposed, your choices are different. If a girl grows up in the village, she can marry a certain kind of man. That's why sometimes when people start relationships in the village and they go to the city, the relationship breaks up. It's not because uh, of anything, but she just knew that her choice of the finest man in the village is 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 a version 1.0. And now she's in Kenyatta University. She has seen iOS. And she now knows that instead of using eFhoenix, I have the opportunity to use an Apple product. So it's better sometimes that you see both the Apple and the Infinix and make your choice. That's why you don't get into a relationship early. Because your exposure determines your choice. So, so, so God says, God says, I will not shut the womb. So the seed is created by God. The opening of the womb is created by God. The midwifery process is by God. But then you have a responsibility there. God does not do caesarean sections. He won't cut your womb and bring the baby out. Nothing wrong about that. Nothing wrong with CS. But God doesn't do that. The baby is there by God. God is there to help you see the process. The womb is open. You do the pushing. God will not travel for you. As soon as Zion traveled. So if you cannot travel, you can be pregnant for 10 years. And that doesn't bother God because God is the ancient of these. So 10 years is not even 9 months in the hands of God. So, you know, sometimes people talk about timing and they almost try to threaten God with time. It's a wrong thing to use. He doesn't get old. And God doesn't relate with you just based on time because he relates to you as a spirit being. So God is saying, if Zion will travel, she will give birth. Now, the word travail is not an interesting word. It's not a, it's not a feel good word. The word travail in the Hebrew actually means labor. It means to make great efforts. 
the child of God travail. You know what Paul said? Says, my little children with whom I travail again that Christ be formed in you. The travail is your part. One of the things we need to begin to emphasize in the body of Christ is that human beings have their parts if they want their lives to be progressive. If you sit there and say, well, I, I'm, I'm tired, I can't push. We'll wait on you. The baby is yours. The pregnancy is yours. The timing is yours. As soon as Zion traveled, she gave birth. If you're hungry for it long enough, you'll get it. That's why the Lord told the prophets, He says, Eat for your journey is long. So when a woman is pregnant, they, they, they try to check what she eats. Some of us are eating things that don't give strength. So you can't push. You're too weak. You hear prophet-dependent messages. Pastors-dependent messages. Oil-dependent messages. Broom-dependent messages. So everything you need to give birth is outside of you. And whatever is outside of you, you don't have control over. And what you can control, you can determine its usage. So most of us have great destinies, but we have seconded it to everything external. Do you realize that even if the devil is oppressing you, you give him the chance? He says, give no foothold to the enemy. Some of you didn't even give foothold. You opened the door to him. You, you mentioned it through your imagination. You, you talked about it. The devil is not as powerful as we have made him in the church. And I'm glad you talked about the whole bloodline thing. I don't think, and I know, that when a child of God is born again, John chapter 1, verse 11, 12, 13 says, Listen, these ones were not born by the will of flesh, not by the blood of man, but by the blood of God. Your bloodline is now the bloodline of Jesus. He is the firstborn among many brethren. You are not cursed, you're redeemed. You experience curses because of ignorance. So even though the child is an heir, different not from a slave, although he's heir of all, he's lord of all. So let's look at travail. Means to make great efforts. There are no caesarean session in the spirits. You have to give birth naturally. God is not going to cut your womb and bring the baby out. You have to birth it. Nobody can bet your baby for you. You cannot be pregnant for nine months and go and meet your sister and say, you know, I've been pregnant for nine months. I'm so tired. Just give birth to this baby for me. No, it doesn't happen. As much as your husband loves you, your husband can only say, try. I'm with you. Can give birth for you. There are things in life 
love does not replace. That even God, even though God loves you, He won't do it for you. Oh God, but I know you're a good God. I can't give birth for you. I'll watch over the birth process. I'll put the seed in your spirit. I'll open your womb, but you have to push. And that's why people who are spiritually lazy always do not experience the goodness of God. What they experience is the rain that falls on the just and the unjust, which is common to everybody. So their, their, their life is almost like if they are not born again, there's no difference. So it's the same rain that falls on the wicked person that falls on you, just the goodness of God to his creation. But if you really want to press into deeper dimensions of God, it'll take hard work. And most of us don't want hard work. Most preachers don't teach hard work. So they do the hard work and want you to be dependent on them. But what that does is that it stops you from getting into the fullness of the purposes of God for your life because even that man you're dependent on needs to press further into the purposes of God. Are you following this now? E.M. Bond said, Our prayer, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage which never fails. It must be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage that never fails. St. Ignatius of Loyola says this. He says, Walk as if everything depends on you. Pray as if everything depends on God. Walk as if everything depends on you and pray as if everything depends on God. You see, I'm talking about prayer, not, you know, fantastic work Apostle and wife are doing here. But if you want to get into the greater purposes of God, this must become a lifestyle. That's where I'm going to. What I'm trying to do is whatever we do at the Grace Wells, every thought Saturday, it's, that should be your private life. So that the labor we put in here, right, for this number of hours becomes your culture. The word travel means to labor with pain. Listen, lengthy prayers sometimes can be pain to the flesh. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, in the days of his flesh, he lifted up his voice and cried with a loud voice. He prayed until sweats were dropping like blood from his cloth and disciples were sleeping. He had to travel that process. And so when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter cut off the ear of that man. He did not pray enough to sustain him to walk in love. So he had no strength to overcome that temptation. He couldn't. He has to kill some of the things you are struggling to forgive people over is because you don't spend enough time with the Father. So forgiveness is not natural with you. There are people who they are done worse things to and they just walk in love. And you say, how were you able to do that? It's the pain. The place of prayer. Now listen to this. 
in Mark chapter one, and I, and I want to say this. Let's 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 come here. Mark chapter one. How does the believer respond to success? I, I want to talk to you about this a bit. You know, sometimes we feel the response to success is thanksgiving. But you know, the response to success is more prayer. That's how Jesus responded to success. Mark chapter 1. Let's go to verse 30 quickly. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with fever and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her, raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her and she waited on them. Mark chapter 1. Verse 32. When evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. Verse 33. And the whole city had gathered at the door. Look at Jesus. The whole city gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Now, if you have had these mighty miracles, imagine we gathered today and the whole of Nairobi came, right? And we, we, we cast out demons, we healed the sick. Come on, what do you think we're going to do tomorrow morning? We're going to sleep. The man of God deserves some rest. Oh, we're going to start uploading. Oh, man, we shook the city. And they say, hey, what are you doing today? They say, man, I'm just taking some rest. Yesterday was powerful. Let's look at Jesus. Verse 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place, and was praying there. See the response of Jesus. You know why Jesus responded that way? It was his lifestyle. Look at how Jesus lived. Finish that mighty meeting. At least, why not just sleep a little bit? Why not just, why get up very early? I mean, what was he praying about? He didn't have a wife that was disturbing him. The child of Jesus was not locked in jail or was in drugs. So why was he praying? Why will he get up early to pray after such success? Most times believers don't know how to respond to success. When success happens, you give yourself to more prayers. Because every success you have experienced now, it's not all there is. There are greater purposes. There is the cross to go to. There is resurrection. There are things in the heart of the Father. So, we, you know, most times when we experience a dimension, we start coasting. That's why before you started ministry, you pray hard. And as the ministry starts growing, paradoxes, since my tongues have changed you know people say that sometimes you look at it like comedy that they are tongues of poor people a poor people's tongue is hard and rich people's tongue is very soft and, and to us we think it's a good thing but what Jesus exemplified is that the more you get results, the more you go in. 
the more you go in. The more you go in. The more you go in. Why? Because there are more things to birth. So, Jesus had a lifestyle. Martin Luther says, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That means breathing to the average human being is what prayer is to the believer. Keep your place in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Go to Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. Look at this. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I mean, they watched Jesus. They say, hey, 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 it's okay. Teach us to pray. Because they saw the way Jesus was praying and the way he was praying, they were praying was different. And he says, as John taught his disciples to pray. That means believers need to be taught to pray. The, the unfortunate thing is that most believers are not taught to pray. They start praying by observation. So, I've got a daughter. She's going to be seven on Sunday. So, when I pray, I walk around. I, I walk around. So, when she was growing up, and you tell her pray, huh? she hasn't started saying anything. She'll just start walking around. Because she puts prayer with walking around. Now, when you go to churches where people pray like this, when, you end, when you're a member of the church, you don't ask them, excuse me, pastor, why do you shake your head? You don't ask them. Right? After one week, you start shaking your head also. Because you learn by observation. Not by teaching. But prayer is not to be learned by observation. Prayer is to be learned by teaching because in the realm of the spirit, things are precise. Things don't run on emotions in the realm of the spirit. Things are precise. And if things are precise, that means more care has to be taken. When I got to the airport, got on the plane, checked my ticket, the pilot said, we're now with Nairobi, da, 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 da. we're going to fly five hours, da, 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 da. there's going to be this, there's going to be that. Precision. When I checked my time, if I checked my time and seven hours, we haven't landed, I will be apprehensive. Why? Because... You know you can't be up and say, well, I'm tired of this. Can you guys just park somewhere? Let me come down. Have you ever thought of that? That maybe the plane is flying. You just say, man, I'm tired. I don't want to go. I'm not going to Nairobi anymore. You know you can do that on a matatu, right? Yeah, when you get, you just say, I'm tired. You can come down and just join another bus. Say, I'm not going to Mombasa anymore. I'm going back to Nairobi. Have you ever thought of flying to London somewhere? Just say, yeah, I think I changed my mind. Pilots, please just park somewhere. I won't take time. Just open this door. I'll just come back and go back home. Because the higher you go, the more risky things become. Do you realize that if you were well trained in the spirit, you will stop some jokes because you realize what you say come to pass. You won't joke about certain things. But you know if you are not well trained, you can joke about everything. Just tell yourself, what will happen to your life if all your jokes came to pass? I mean, but, but you see, we laugh about it, 
But we realize that actually God wants to bring you to a place where everything you say come to pass. Because Samuel, God did not allow any of his word to fall to the ground. That's the dimension. That's your goal. Are you following this now? So Jesus had a prayer life. And his prayer life, the disciples asked to be taught. I want you to have a prayer life. Go to Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Colossians 4. Verse 12. Paul was writing. And he says, Epaphras, who is one of your number. So he wasn't trying to talk about a big man of God. You know, because sometimes we're impressed by big man. I love Pastor Lee. Oh, that woman can pray. My God, you can pray. You're not in church to be impressed. You're in church to be taught. You know, sometimes we can be so impressed by spiritual giants. Like, man, that guy can't teach. Whoa. No. You are being taught so you can teach. She prays that way so you can pray that way. We need to learn from people, not just impressed by people. You see, when you are impressed by people, for example, Pastor Lee prays two hours. You're so impressed by her. There's a difference between being inspired and being impressed. Then, you see another lady praying three hours. What happens to Pastor Lee? Ah, we were talking of real women. That's what happened. When people are impressed, they are never stable. And you see, that's why children are, are unstable. If you carry your baby now and somebody has chocolates, your baby would leave you and follow the one with chocolates. And when she's taking a chocolate, somebody has a toy car. She would leave the chocolates, run after the toy car. Are you following this? But when you have an adult child, an adult child will know, listen, this is my father. Whether he has chocolates or not, this is my father. That's a stranger. If we are to leave this place, I can't follow that stranger home. You know, the baby will only remember you when it's time to go home. The more spiritual you are, the more stable you are. And if you're not stable, certain things cannot be trusted into your life. Certain anointings and mantles and graces comes by stability. Says is one of you, a bond slave of Christ. The word bond slave in the Hebrew culture describes a slave who has the permission to be free but chooses not to be free. It means, listen carefully now, we're going somewhere. Are you still with me? Listen to this. It means that you have a choice not to pray, but you decide, I will pray. Your body tells you, you can't pray now, but you tell yourself, listen, I don't care what the body say, I'm praying. It means that what even brings, let's put it this way, I can have my freedom, but I choose not to have it. I can have my freedom. But I choose the path of the Spirit. 
I can have the freedom to spend all the money I have for myself, but I choose to give. I can have the freedom to sleep on my bed, have breakfast on bed, post on Instagram. So this is a lovely morning. Hello, Kenya. Or I can choose to drop the phone, get on my knees and pray for the body of Christ and pray for the nations and pray for my pastor. I choose to be a born slave of Christ, which means even in the places where God gives me liberty, I choose not to take it for the greater purposes of the kingdom. God told David, you will not build me a house. God said, David says, you know what God, I won't build you. But everything that will be required to build the house, I'll still give it. How many of you, if God told you not to do something, you say, well, listen, God, I know you said I cannot be a pastor in this church. But everything required for my pastor to be a great pastor, I'll supply it. I know I'm not called into ministry, but I'll make sure that those who are called, they have everything they require to get the job done. That's the mindset of a kingdom citizen. The kingdom is bigger than your personal preferences. It's bigger than your desires. Because we've raised a bunch of Christians who come into the house and all they want is what's in it for me. What can God do for me? What can God do for me? Have you ever asked yourself, what can I do for you God? Just name it, I'm a born slave. It changes how you operate. changes how things happen to you. Let's look at the power first. Sends you his greetings. Pay attention to this word always. Come on, everybody, say always. always. Oh, say it one more time. Say always. always. So he was doing this consistently, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Oh, I love this verse. He says he's always. It's a lifestyle for Epaphras. He labors in prayers. That the saints will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. You know what it tells me? A man cannot stand assured in God's will without having a prayer life. Yeah, you can't walk. In, listen, you can't walk in the will of God for your life if you're not a praying person. And I'm not talking about prayers that are just need-oriented. I'm talking about prayers of fellowship with God. And if, you, if you're somebody who walks with God, you, real, you realize that most of the instructions, and I'll talk about that, of God that comes to you might come in very callous moments. You might be in the bathroom, you might be in the bus, and God gives you a vision of a ministry. An unlikely place where God should be speaking to people. You know why? Let me just get to that point quickly. Because prayer conditions your spirits to hear God. You're just ready. Praise God. <laughs> See, the realm of the spirit is precise. And right actions at the right time can bear so much miracles. I got to know apostle online and we got talking and 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 then as we engaged he listened to a few of my messages and 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 that's why we're here so let me tell you how precise the realm of the spirit is if those messages he listened to were not preached i'll not be here which means that 
I needed to preach something at a particular time so he can have access to it at the time he had access to it. So everything, you see, you, you only know how precise the realm of the spirit is when you look back. And that's why most people, see, the wrong text at the right time is catastrophic. But the right text at the right time will open doors. When you look back, sometimes those little impressions, text this person, go online, post this, do this, do that. What makes people like you and not like you are little things? Not so much. <laughs> are you here? So it's always praying for you. Charles Spurgeon says, true prayer is neither a male mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. It says prayer is not just a mental exercise, nor vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. We are in a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Oswachamba says prayer does not feed us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. You are not praying so you will be ready. Prayer is being ready. It's the greater work. I'm not praying so God will use me. In praying, God is using me. So like, you know, some of, some of us had consecration so God will use us. And let me tell you, I found it in my life. When God starts telling you, get ready, get ready, get ready, you look like God is wasting time. By the time the doors open, and that's why sometimes you see that certain people experience success for a while and it likes, looks like they go into decline. It's not, sometimes it's not the devil. They have used up whatever they have birthed. I'll give you an example. Right? I'm in, I'm in Kenya for 21 days and I'm preaching for 20 days. Okay? Some of those days I'm preaching in the afternoon and in the evening. Do you think I'd have that time to prepare? I'll be tired. Right? So, so, my ministry schedule and invitation from now runs till February 2023. That means from now till February 2023, not 22. 2023, invitations are there. Meetings are there. I can run on that for five years and start producing steel bread. If that's why after that happened, Jesus went back to the sacred place. Because he said, by the time the business success comes, you might not have time to pray. You will be on the plane from Dubai to, to, to Istanbul, you know, you are losing, maybe six million here is not correct. You are spending time, where did this seven million? Busy people don't have time. And so if you don't develop a culture, by the time you get into that place, you will just be, you know, rehearsing something that you don't have. And after a while, the realm of the spirit is precise. You will come back to your level. When you start... Oh God, open the doors. Oh God, open the doors. Let's go to the nations. Open the doors. But as you go higher, you start getting precise in your prayer. I want to go to the nation where you want me to go. I want to preach where you want me to preach. 
Then at times you go a bit higher. I want to preach when you want me to preach. I want to preach what you want me to preach. Can you see? The higher you go, the more specific. Because you are now being placed in a greater responsibility where one word from you can turn a life. And you want to say the right word at the right time so it's precise. And that precision takes the discipline of laboring in prayers. That must become a lifestyle. I hear what I'm saying? The Lord told Brother Hagin, if you follow the inward witness, I'll make you rich. You can't listen to the Holy Ghost and be poor. He'll tell you when to pull back. He'll tell, Don't sell that. Don't. This guy is a scammer. Everything naturally will be good. But the Holy Spirit says, that's a red light. But how do you hear that voice? You labor in prayers. Paul developed a prayer culture. Let me just go quickly. You know, sometimes people run to prayer events all the time because they don't want to develop this culture. And this is good because they're training you here to pray. We're praying right prayers. And I love it. And that's why you see also, I mean, the place is going to be packed. But if you were praying certain kind of prayers, you would have done this hall many times. Because those are the kind of prayers people want that doesn't make them develop prayer. Look at this. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always, I want you to pay attention to that word, always. When Paul wrote about Epaphras in Colossians 4.12, he said, always. Look at what he says. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Paul had a lifestyle of prayer. In fact, every time Paul wrote about the church, he says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And this is what I'm praying for you. says, every time I remember you, I'm praying for you. For the believer, prayer is not an event. Prayer is a lifestyle. Hudson Taylor said, oh man, I love Hudson Taylor. Oh, missionary to China. He wanted to go to China. And in those days, China was a, was a dark land. No light. And he went to meet an older missionary. And he says, I'm, I'm going to China. And the older missionary looked at him and told him, he says, have you conquered China on your knees? And he says, if you have not conquered China on your knees, don't step your foot there. That business, have you conquered it on your knees? That city, have you conquered it on your knees? That church, has it been conquered on your knees? Hmm? That money for that project, if you get that money on your knees, it will be in your bank account. George Muller raised an orphanage in Bristol, England. And it was said that over 10,000 children passed through that orphanage. And he said something which is very instrumental. He says, the Lord did not lead me directly to plant this orphanage. He says, I planted this orphanage to show believers that through prayers, needs can be met. He raised an orphanage that he never wrote an appeal letter. 
He prayed in every pound. He prayed in every food. He says, this is, it's like saying God did not send me. But let me show you guys an example. How do you show people an example with human lives and you don't fail? Do you understand that? Come on, are you guys getting this? That you want to show us an example of faith. You now open an orphanage. What some people call a lifetime assignment is what you now use as an example. And then you also succeed in it. There was a time they needed bread for the children. And there was no money. He prayed. He told the children, bread will come. Put your, put, put your plate. Cover the food. He was one of the persons who inspired me into full-time ministry. Read his works a lot. And I still read his work. In fact, at the beginning of every year, I read George Muller's biography. to just strengthen my faith. And you know what happened? The bread workers that day now had a strike. After they had baked bread. You know, if, if they wanted to go on strike, they should go on strike... Why will you bake bread and go and strike that? It doesn't make logical sense. Do you understand? It just makes sense to say, why don't we just sell the bread today and go and strike? They went on an impromptu strike. And he said, so what do we do with all this bread? Do you know it never crossed their mind to sell it? They took everything to the orphanage. Go read his story. Go read his story. Ah! Crew prayers. Needs were met precisely. That's why some of you cannot ask God for specific amounts of money because you're not sure it will come. You're just afraid it won't work. Yeah, you're, you're just afraid. Like, yeah, uh, can't trust him. That's why some of you, when you are praying, you already have who you're going to loan the money from. So God, we're believing you for one million Kenyan shillings to roof this building. Yeah, but just in case... Just in case there's COVID there, we know there's COVID everywhere, and maybe they are not working in heaven right now. But just in case, just in case, I'll just ask Apostle Dennis. Then, when you are able to sort yourself out, we will pay back. Faith does not have a plan B. Faith doesn't have a plan B. But how do you develop that faith in the place of travel? In the place of prayer, the Lord will put things in your spirit that are more real than the physical obstacle you're seeing. Let me say this quickly and then we'll just have a time of just going before the Lord. This is what I want our time to be. As we're going to start praying, right? Just pray. God will begin to speak things to you. God will begin to give you words. God will begin to give you answers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hudson Taylor says it is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. I like that quote. It's possible to move men through God by prayer alone. That when a man prays, he can move men. By prayer alone. I tell my folks this all the time. I said, look at prayer ministries and pay attention it's because I'm a Bible teacher by default in terms of by calling, not like I was born that way. <laughs> but I've observed this. I've observed this. Sometimes teachers struggle. Teachers, they struggle with resources in ministry. You can see a very sound teacher he knows everything about prosperity. He can give you the scriptures. But the only thing is that it's not reflective. 
Watch certain ministries that don't know the Bible, but they can pray. Huh? In fact, sometimes you even imagine that how does that people go to work? Morning they are praying, afternoon they are praying. Some of the prayer points don't make sense, but they are just praying. Are you like, let your tongues even have sentences. That when you hear your tongues, let it fit. Right? But this is what you observe. They have certain strange miracles. You will just see that somebody gave us a building. Somebody gave us a car. I was going somewhere. Somebody, they just, you know why? Prayer creates an environment for miracles to happen. So that's our number one point. A prayer lifestyle will create the right climate for the word of God to come to pass. It will create the right climate. It will create... Now let me explain it this way, right? Kenya ex- exports flowers, right? So Kenya exports flowers. But Nigeria doesn't export flowers. You know the difference? It's not as if we don't want to export flowers. Our climate, even though we have the desire, our climate cannot sustain it. So you can have a desire that you don't have the right climate for. I'll go over it again. Prayer creates the right climate for the word of God to come to pass. So I'll I'll, I'll do a little bit of biology. Just a little. I'm not a science person. So if I get it wrong... It's not my fault. But when a, when a woman is about to give birth, right? Dilation happens. The baby turns. Your body is designed by God. A woman's body is designed by God naturally. When she wants to give birth, there will be a climate around the body that sends signals and you can watch that dilation over time until the baby comes out. And sometimes you wonder and ask yourself, where did this baby come from? How many kg? I mean, heavy duty baby. And you're like, God. We don't say like God is a miracle worker. Yeah, God works miracle, but that miracle create there was a climate. Now, now listen, listen. Because God has created that as a system, every time you need to give birth, we don't need to talk to God about you. I'm not saying don't pray, but uh, understand what I'm trying to say. Because God has designed that there's a climate in your body that if there's the right trigger, if you want to give birth to 100 children, if you take Genesis 1:28 literally and you say, God, I take this scripture, I want to be fruitful and multiply the earth, God will not have a problem with you. Every time you need to give birth, your body will make that adjustment. There is a system. There is a climate. So what happens is, when you come into the lifestyle of a believer and a climate is developed, you will not pray for certain miracles because you have created a climate around you in which things just happen because there is an environment for it. Once the seed touches the soil, the flower will come. The seed touches the soil, the flower will come. It no longer becomes a prayer point. Miracles now move to a lifestyle. What that means
experience is you're not having favor once in six months. You live in favor. People just like you. People just want to help you. People just want to give stuff to you. You even reject stuff, but they keep coming back to you because you have created a climate. Climates are not created in one day. Climates are created by lifestyle. That's why sometimes you wonder, why are they giving this minister something and there's a pastor there? Sometimes they will even excuse that pastor. Excuse me, excuse me, I want to see him. Two of you were sitting, they still excuse you out and gave this one. It's climate. It's a climate. And how do you know you've created that climate when those things stop being a surprise to you? I'm not surprised that people want to bless me financially. I will be surprised if it doesn't happen. I, I will. I will really be surprised. I have that environment. It's, it's, it's normal. It's just normal. So I don't put pressure on people for finances. I put pressure on my life to create the climate. Because once you create the climate, it'll produce. I use childbirth again. Sorry. That's the example that's in my head. So bear with me. If you and your husband wants to have a child, it's not a prayer point. You know, sometimes people get pregnant and say, sorry, it was a mistake. And I'm like, are you serious? How does having a child become a mistake? It's not a mistake because God has created a process. If this and this happens and you have the right amount of this and the woman is at this certain season in her life, she'll give birth. So that's what you call the natural family planning method. That a woman can study her body and tell you from this period to this period, I'm not safe. From this period to this period, I'm unsafe. And God has said, if you meet during an unsafe period, this is what is going to happen. So when you need to have a baby, you don't need to pray. You need to just check for the unsafe period. Just practical. I know there are cases you need to pray, but I, I, I want you to understand what I'm trying to teach. So God creates that system in the human body so you don't have to bother him. So what happens is that by developing the lifestyle of prayer, you create systems in your life that you don't need to bother about certain things anymore because those systems will work in your life and get those things to happen. One of those things is that when you create a lifestyle of prayer, you will not be saying, oh God, what are you saying to me? Oh God, what are you saying to me? No, your life will be designed and hearing the voice of God becomes normal. You just be walking and God says, yeah, you know that thing you were thinking about two days ago? This is the way to go about it. You know, I was telling Apostle, when you were praying here, you know, if you observe, some, for some of you, I went to the back. You know, the protocol person was like, where are you going? I said, my friend, go and say that I want to pray. Because God doesn't have guest speakers. You know you can be a guest speaker to God. You know, you have to preach somewhere and then people are praying and you're just, oh, when will they give me the mic? I have a word. Hmm. Let them give me this mic. I need to, I need to speak the word. God might bring you here just to talk to you about something. Wow. You know, and that was what happened. So God started, I mean, there was a teenage stuff we want to do. And God started telling me how to name it, what we're going to do. You know, just write some stuff down. I wasn't praying about it. I was praying what 
they were leading us to prayer. But there is a climate that I can hear God's voice. And meanwhile, some other people will come and say, Oh, God, speak. Father, speak. You are not deaf. I'm not deaf. You're not dumb. I'm not dumb. Lord, speak. And God is saying, You are not hearing. There is no climate. Your spirit is clogged. My sheep hear my voice. It is default. If you are my sheep, you have an automatic right to hear my voice. So if you're not hearing, it's not my problem. You sort your ears out. It's a climate. And what you need to do is leave all this social media thing. Go and create a climate. Labor in prayers. Epaphras never knew his name will appear in the Bible. He wasn't praying to appear. He wasn't praying that in 2021 we'll use him to preach. He was just creating a climate. Number two, a prayer lifestyle makes your heart sensitive to the instructions of God. What makes men on earth is God's instructions. I will show you the way to profit. You will hear a voice behind you. This is the way, walk in it. Life is specific. Life is precise. You marry the wrong person, marriage becomes a prayer point. You know there are some people, they say, let's pray for our marriages, they are the first to run out. <laughs> you are here. Yeah, but there are some people that, they just thank God for their marriage. Father, thank you, thank you for the man you gave me, thank you. And sometimes, it's because at the point of entering into that, they didn't hear the voice of God. So that could have been prevented. Ministries, projects, Sometimes even your children, the Lord can give you direction on how to lead them. Even your business. But prayer would create you to be sensitive to the instructions of God. Number three, a prayer life makes you usable for God. Makes you usable. God can use you. Because God needs people to use for his glory. Praise God. Are you still here? It makes it easy for you to live in the will of God. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras <laughs> says he prayed that he would stand perfect in the will of God. You know, when I was coming for this meeting, <laughs> uh, someone that was supposed to host us canceled the meeting. It was a week-long meeting, so he canceled. So the person reached out and said, oh, the meeting is canceled, it will not hold anymore. So I said, oh, no, not a problem, so it's fine. So the person sent the message again. I said, not a problem, it's fine. Then she said, I, I'm surprised at your reaction. You know what that means? You know what it means to go on a trip. You have a meeting this week. The next week, there's no meeting. And then the other week, you have a meeting. So the question is going to be, where will you stay? Where will you preach? Where will you do this? She said, no problem. You know why? <laughs> My life is not a mistake. If you cancel the meeting, that's your problem. It's not mine. I didn't send myself. And then I reached out to someone. Oh, this is what's happening. I said, oh, thank God, no problem. And then they put a whole ministers in a region together and give me meetings all through. Anxiety is a proof that you're walking out of the will of God. Because they say, don't be anxious. So if you are, it's disobedience already. You can have an anxiety-free life. 
That's not the time to start inboxing people. I'm free. Can you help me? I'm free. You will walk out. Listen, we need to be careful about this. What will happen is you will walk out of the will of God. In fact, I almost did that. And because I almost did that, and I even had like two meetings that were clashing. And God was saying, listen, if you had just waited a bit more, one of the things we must learn is that when things are started in the spirit, let's not finish it in the flesh. God has started releasing money for your business. You need one million Kenyan shillings. Eight hundred has come. See, let me just, let me just, let me just ask my uncle for the remaining two hundred. And no, hold on. You're not the one that started it. Praise God. So I want you to live here today with a culture of prayer. To make it easy for you to stay in the will of God. Ian Bond says, "Prayers outlive the lives of those who uttered them. It outlives a generation." It outlives an age and it will outlive a world. I'll say that again. Prayer would outlive the lives of those who altered them. It would outlive a generation. It would outlive an age. It would outlive a world. Your life is too small for God to miscalculate it. It's too small. It's too small. Life is just too small. I mean, you think you have this like one big life to live, and God brings out this big sheet and looks at your life and says, Man, ah, this life is stressful to plan. In Jamaica, do you understand this kind of life? And in Jamaica, looks at him and like, God, only down the west. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. People get lives. People feel life is complex because they won't follow God. Or they want something that God doesn't want for them. One of the things that prayer does for you is you stop desiring what God does not want for you. So you go back home. Create a culture of prayer. Hmm? Whether things are good, you pray. Whether things are bad, you pray. Whether they are getting worse, you pray. Whether they are getting better, you pray. Your prayer is no longer determined by circumstances. When they told Daniel, you can't pray, <laughs> Daniel just, just looked at them and said, guys, I'm not serious. Open this window. That was saying he prayed three times as before. You know, they even said, we cannot catch him in anything except his prayer life. So they have observed it. Does your friend know when you pray? Can your friend say, oh, by two o'clock, don't call her, she'll be praying. You know, when we do that, they think, ah, you're too spiritual. And it's, it, that's what is making us to be carnal. Because we don't want to be known as people who, I mean, one to two, I'm not available, I'm praying. Say, ah, your own is too much. Huh? Sometimes the people are praying on their own phones. Hmm? I'm praying. I'll call you back. Call me back. I'm praying. And you know, those are the people that want to beg nations for God. I thought we just wonder, like, who created these ones? And I tell people this, right? If God is talking to you, listen carefully. If God is talking to you, there is nobody on this earth who deserves your attention. Nobody. When I go into a meeting, I put up my phone. Except, except, but I put up my phone. 
You know why? God is about to talk. God is about to speak. And if God speaks, you see those men you are running after, they will look for you. They, they will look for you. Uh, no, no, no. If you are in the cave, they will come. You know where John the Baptist started his church? In the wilderness. It's not in any church growth textbook. You know, sometimes people say, my location is why our church is not growing. Relax. Have you seen a herbalist that has a signboard? Huh? Have you seen a herbalist that has flyers? Say, please, please, we solve spiritual problems. Can you come to our shrine? They don't do that. But they are never out of clients. They just stay and keep doing their stuff. And somebody's touched. Say, I know you're a Christian, but there's one man. He even prays before he starts anything. It's just that he's not a pastor, but just try. And then you go and go into that place. The seats are not comfortable. You still sit down. You still sit down. So it grows by evangelism. So that location that you are, if you create the climate that the sick are healed, the lost are saved, people's lives are impacted, what you find out is people will come there. Let's take it to business. Customers are not coming. Not a problem. Somebody goes somewhere. They do something for him. Sprinkles it. Customers start coming. Ah, these people, they are called people. And you, you are there watching TV. Morning, watch TV. Afternoon, watch TV. Even when there's no light, you watch on your phone. You are on social media, yet you want customers to come. Then when is the third Saturday, you are grace well, oh God! This is my time. And God says, time for TV or what? Because whatever you want can be created. You are a co-creator with God. Glory to God. Like Apostle Dennis said, if certain things are not happening, you ask yourself, what, I, what is it that I don't know? I challenge you. You know, some of you are waiting for next year, waiting for December 31st to pray and get the year ready. You are late. Because by December 31st, in two hours, you're already in the year. So I've trained my people over time from October. Develop your confessions for the next year. So right now, I have my confessions for next year and I've started confessing them so that by January 1st, motion have been set in place. I don't have the time to now try to arrange 2022 in January. It's already late. I'm already on the year. 30 days is enough. So you pre-plan. That's how to think. So what January 31st will do for you will be an icing on the cake you've already baked. Don't put your life on emergency runs. Hmm? The Lord told Jerry Savelle, now close here, when the Lord called him into full-time ministry, the Lord told Jerry Savage, eight hours of your time every day and I'll make a preacher out of you. And he began to study the word preached by Brother Copeland eight hours, eight hours every day in six months. The Lord made a preacher out of him. What a preacher, Brother Jerry. 
Do you know what? When he was, I think, 50 years in ministry, thereabouts, the Lord gave him an instruction. He said, just as you served Brother Copeland in the early days of your ministry, he said, go back and serve him for the next one year. Make his meetings your priority. He comes to Brother Copeland and says, this is what the Lord says. I'll go with you in every meeting. I don't need to preach. I'll go with you in every meeting. I'll pay my own way. And Brother Copeland said, there's no way you're coming with me. I'm not preaching. And that's why you see both of them preaching in the last two years. Do you think you have the right climate for God to tell you? After 50 years in ministry, go and serve the man who you served before and make his meetings your priority. Ah, that's why he's where he is. Right prayer makes you to hear right words. Words to say, hey, my son, I want to use you, but you are proud. And that pride will make you not to go far, so walk on it. No counselor will tell you that. Let's be an athlete. Thank you, Lord. We're going to ask God for the spirit of grace and supplication. Spirit of grace and supplication. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.